Welcome to Average Strength. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Duff, and I'm joined here by Mr. Bill Coyne. Good to be here, Brian. That's Mr. Spencer Irwin over there. Thanks for having me. And today we have a special guest. It's actually uh, our friend Steve Coyne. Howdy. There he is. All right, cool, cool. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get things started today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, weight loss, weight gain, and how that relates to strength training and exercise in general. Uh, But just to get things started, Steve, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, uh, tell people what you do and how you do it and all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, feel free to ask more specific questions. No, no, no. I'm going to keep it really general. Keep it really general. Put you on the spot. Do it. Sweet. I'm down. Um, okay. Do you have free will? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Um, yeah. Anyways, we can cover that one a little later. Great. Uh, (laughs) yeah. But anyways, so, you know, I do, I guess in the guise of this, I do powerlifting, but you know, my, my story is that I've really like, for still like most of my life, I'm only 25 now, but for most of my life, I've been like pretty overweight, like, you know, was out of shape until like about 15. Um, and since then, it's just been like an up and down all over the place. You know, I grew up overweight, probably peaked at around like 200 when I was like 14 or so. And since then, um, you know, a lot of strength training, just like steady for a decade, but my weight has jumped as high as like 260 all the way down. The lowest I stepped on a scale was 157. Uh, and back and forth a whole bunch of times. And that's at about a height of 5'8", you 5'9", know, somewhere in there. Yeah. Good, 5'8", and three quarters, you got it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, now, I mean, I'm sitting about, well, like 193 this morning. That's where I was uh, just to check in and trying to go back up to like 205 right now. So, weight gain. Nice. Uh, I guess the... Um I don't know. The question a lot of people are probably wondering is, uh, how come, like, why do you think your, uh, your weight went up and down so much? A lot of it was intentional, right? Yeah. It was, uh, you know, sometimes it went a little more extreme, like when I was intentionally (laughs) (laughs) trying to gain weight, you know, like a lot of that is just like, I didn't know any better of, you know, didn't track like, okay, maybe this is too much sugar than I should take in or like way too many calories, you know, up until like, up until I lost like a ton of weight, I had like a 90 pound weight cut from, you know, about like roughly 250 to 160 uh, when I was like 17 or 18. And like, that was the first time I actually like understood, okay, this is like what calories are, this is what macros are, this is what, you know, this is like how you're supposed to properly do this. Sure. So uh, how did you, when you were doing that cut, what was the, the diet like? Okay, so yeah, there's a guy back in Metroflex, uh, John Combs. You remember him? Oh, yeah. So he like Metroflex back in, where are you from again? Arlington, Texas. Excellent. Shout out. Um, so yeah, John Combs helped me out, and it was like nothing really like that crazy. It's like a pretty standard like low-carb diet. I remember it was about like 2,400 calories or so, and it like dipped down kind of bit by bit as it you know went low. But uh, you know that first like proper weight loss diet, again, it was just actually for the first time ever measuring things. Um, all standard foods, there's a lot of sweet potatoes, uh, a lot of rice, eggs, oatmeal, like nothing, nothing unusual or anything. Just like, again, for the first time measuring out, yeah. like and, seeing what it's about. Yeah. And you didn't cut out like any major foods or any major macronutrients, right? You, you kept a pretty balanced spread the entire time. It wasn't like a real ketogenic diet. It wasn't like a, a paleo diet. It was pretty balanced. The big thing was just always trying to steadily reduce the calories. And really, I guess you, like you said, low steadily lowering the carbs to bring down the overall calorie count. But again, not cutting out anything entirely, just smaller portions, smaller meal sizes over time. Right. Yeah. I mean, initially I did just go straight keto and I would just say this right away. It's like a, a problem that most people have with keto is that they think like, Oh, like <laughs> I don't need to track calories. I just need to not eat carbs. And that's kind of a disaster in itself. You know right. I mean? Because, uh, for all the backlash that the backlash that there's been right recently against these low fat diets, right? Like now everyone is talking about, Oh yeah, fat's actually good for you and stuff. And of course you need some fat, right? Like fat is a macronutrient, but when people start to think, Oh, I can eat as much fat as I want because it's not a carb. Then they, <laughs> right, are right. They, they don't, there's twice as many calories per, you know, per gram. So it's like, Exactly. And I guess we should maybe explain what we mean when we talk about keto diet, a ketogenic diet, and that that is really just, um, broadly speaking, cutting out any kind of carbohydrate. So that's going to be any kind of grains, any kind of bread, any kind of potatoes, anything that's a carbohydrate, really anything that uh, that tastes good uh, or sweet is going to be cut out of the diet. Um, and like we've been saying, there's a huge misconception that, oh, just because you cut out one whole food group, that's going to lead to weight loss. But um, it it's really comes down to calories, how calories in calories out. And there's a lot of different ways to manipulate that. And some people have found that, that a ketogenic diet 
does help. But again, it's, it's largely just how many calories you're consuming because you can still eat an enormous amount of fats and protein and still not lose weight or even gain weight off of that. Um, but we found, I think all of us, um, Steve's had a little more practical experience with this is keeping everything pretty balanced between all your macronutrients, all your different kinds of food, and just steadily lowering them down, making the meal sizes smaller, portion sizes smaller. That's what really leads to long-term uh, weight loss. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, too, with like keto, the reason that it does work like well for a lot of people, it's not that it's like a just an outright bad diet in general. But when people go on keto for the first time in their lives, they actually are getting like the correct amount of protein for them. So like, it's not so much, you know, that's kind of like the great rule. It's not just like, Oh, I cut out all my carbs. It's a miracle. It's like, you know, they're not realizing like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually eating like a correct amount of protein myself for the first time ever. Oh, sure. I mean, I always crack up when I see something in the grocery that's like, Hey, high protein. And it's got like eight grams because <laughs> most people don't really know how much they need. And I'm not saying I'm not advocating you need to have like 300 grams a day. Cause that's also going to lead to the same problems Bill was talking about. Like that's still too many calories. Right. But for the most part, people aren't getting anywhere near enough because a lot of foods just really don't have it, especially like, a, you know, modern contemporary diet. It's pretty high in carbs, pretty high in fat, not necessarily high in protein. So once you start focusing on trying to get as much as you need, uh, you'll start seeing a little difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many benefits in just getting, getting protein that, I mean, it's all those things, right? Like, you know, I think we all know this, but like when you have enough protein, like for one, you're going to be satiated. So you'll just be less hungry. Right. So there's like things like that, that are going on at play with your diet. Again, a lot of people just straight up are not getting enough protein in their system. So that's why keto diets work. Um, you know, one, you're going to have more energy. You're not going to be wasting away lean tissues. So I think no matter what, like that's probably the most important thing, whether you're trying to lose or gain is like, I found that if people can get that protein amount right from the start, a lot of other things, it's a lot easier to do the rest of your diet if you just hit that part. Right. right. Everything else will kind of fall into place. Exactly. Yeah. So say somebody were to come to you with a similar situation you were in where you're pretty heavy. Um, they've never tracked their foods or they, they don't really understand uh, really where to begin losing weight. Mm -hmm. What are some practical tips you would give somebody trying to gain some or trying to lose weight rather? Where would they start? It's just fresh start again. Never done this before. Where would you start them off? Yeah, I would literally just have them uh, not even like track specifically, but just like make a list of like what protein you're getting in. You know, because a lot of people do have the right foods and like a lot of people have that kind of right and a general understanding of what protein is, but like nowhere near in the amounts. So, you know, kind of like you said earlier, like I never really restricted anything. It was still a very like balanced diet. Um, so I'll tell people like to start off. Step one is literally write down every single source of protein that you're getting. And or, then or just, just write down everything you're eating. Right. Sure. It's kind of eye opening for people to see like, oh, I'm. I'm not getting enough protein or I'm eating way too much fat or something like that. Sure. But you know, let's, let's think about this in like really, really long term. A lot of people are just so like, if you have people write down all that they eat, like I know that doesn't sound like too much, but for some it is like sure a little tedious. So even just like a baby step first of like just the protein. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then like, like I kind of said earlier, I think that's the most important point. If you have this protein, right? Like just for like sake of like, you will feel more full. It'll be easier to like adjust the rest of your stuff around. Um, Steve, you can maybe, we've talked a little bit about weight loss, but then, you know, you've also bulked up to as heavy as, was it 260? All time peak was 260. Peak was 260. All time uh, PR weight. All -time That's right. PR all time PR weight. weight. Um, and that was up and you weren't, I mean, you had, you were pretty skinny when you started um, a couple years prior to hitting that top point, you were probably what, 150? I don't know if you had weighed about, yourself yeah. around that time when you were about a freshman in high school playing basketball somewhere there, maybe even smaller than that. Like, I mean, I don't know specifically, but somewhere between 150 and 170. Okay, somewhere, somewhere pretty yeah. small, but, but you know, mm -hmm. not, not terribly big. But then, you know, you're looking at about a 100 pound weight gain after one, growing up pretty heavy, then losing a ton of that weight right before high school, and then all of a sudden, you kind exploded. of got over the exact, and then oh, you yeah. exploded over to, to 260. Yeah. And not, and, and I will say just not only did, um, I'll brag on Steve a little bit. Not only did he, did he gain all that weight, but then, uh, Steve actually squatted 600 pounds at how old? 16 years old, 17, 17 years old. Yeah. Um, Cause that was the hardcore powerlifting meet. I had to lie and say I was 18. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We actually, yeah. Steve had to, <laughs> had to, had to, uh, lie about his age. Fake the, uh, it was birth a, certificate. Exactly. That's yeah. Right. It, was, it was a big professional powerlifting meet. Um, 
a lot of big guys, a lot of prize money given out there. And so uh, Steve actually had to lie about his age to to get in there, but uh, made a huge impression. Squatted uh, 600 pounds um, at yeah, 17 years 17, old. 17, yeah. Body weight of about 260. But so um, I, I guess talk about how you know talk about how how you've gained as well, because um, obviously you're training as well. You want you don't want to just you know, we talked about eating enough protein, getting in the right amount of foods, you know, talk a little bit about your approach to, to gaining weight, um, especially for, for getting stronger. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what I did wrong first. Um, right. So when I went that, like, that's a ridiculous amount of weight gain, but at the same time, let me just make clear, like my strength gains at the same time were, were unbelievable. Again, I went like after basically like two years of weight training, I worked up to a 600 pound raw squat, which was and sick. Like, but that's but that's starting in it. But what were you squatting on on day one when you first came into the gym? Maybe I have no idea. Maybe less, a third I of mean, that. Less than, well, less. I mean, less than 200 pounds on day one. I remember Probably. that. I mean, that wasn't even you weren't even deadlifting. Maybe around 200 pounds, somewhere like that. So I mean, we're talking. You know, neither neither Steve or I are, have any real genetic gifts when it comes to strength. So we're this is Steve's not somebody that came into the gym already squatting 500 pounds. You know, this was, this was, um, right. There's a lot of work that put into this both. Like Ed Cohen, I think said that the first time he ever lifted weights, he, he deadlifted 405 when he was like in high school. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I'm like, when you start at that place, that's it a, puts you in a different category. Yeah, it puts you in a little different category, but, but so, you know, Steve put in a lot of work, not just in the gym, but also you know, diet wise. So talk a little, you said, what did you, what did you do wrong uh, to start off with? Yeah. So, well, I did do, I did, I did go mad gallon of milk a day for a while. I mean that, that worked tremendously well, but then I just like, I took it to the extreme cause I was pretty laser focused on like getting as small as possible. So I did a few things. One, the one that was like real problematic was I took, uh, I took cell tech, right. The like muscle tech oh, yeah. builder, the creatine no, I product. And yeah, I was, yeah. you know, which of course creatine useful supplement, it works, blah, blah, blah. But cell tech has, uh, what? 80 grams of sugar per serving in it. <laughs> Right. And so like, you're supposed to, you know, with a creatine product, you're supposed to like load it. So you like elevate the levels in your cells. So when you're taking something like cell tech, I was just reading the label. It was like, okay, take this three times a day for two weeks and then just have it like once a day from there on out. Okay. 80 grams of sugar in a serving three times a day. Like that was immediately 240 grams of sugar in my diet before anything else happened. Okay. And that's, so, that's a lot. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a incredible. Lot. Like that's, uh, you're drinking like four cokes a week basically just yeah. in this little uh, a day i mean you're talking a day yeah, three, that's, three yeah. scoops a day three scoops a day oh oh no yeah. no we're talking 240 grams a day oh okay. yeah that's <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. you're go, yeah you're going through a six pack of of, of coca-cola in a there day, you go yeah jeez with that, yeah. especially with that soda tax i could get pricey now yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. like um so i did that and then the other thing too is like i always like looked up to Again, I didn't have like the knowledge of this at the time or like, you know, just the understanding to think better. But I looked up like the Tom Plotz bulking diet. And we should clarify, if, if you don't know who Tom Plotz is, he's, he's one of the, the most famous, uh, well-revered bodybuilders of all time, exceptionally strong. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, but Tom Plotz, man, I mean, this guy, this guy was squatting like routinely, like for exhibitions he would be doing, you know, it would be like, come see Tom Plotz at the expo squat 520 times. Like that was the routine for him. But anyways, his bulking diet was uh, four pounds of meat a day and a gallon of milk. Okay. And nothing else. I mean, like whatever else you could fit in past that, it didn't matter. You just have to do that. Okay. So like, yeah, exactly. So. So how many how many grams of protein does that come? I, did, I didn't add it up. I just put it. I just put it on the scale again. This was like before I measured anything. Probably like 550 grams. Oh, I'm sure oh, easily. That's that's an enormous. If it's a lean, if it's like a lean source of protein, especially, but yeah. Yeah, but I was doing like beef and like pork and stuff, so I wasn't doing like lean chicken breast, like you know the smart stuff. But yeah, so I remember doing that. I did that for three weeks. Um, well, I remember weighing in after two weeks that I was I was going a pound a day. So I I had literally done fourteen pounds in fourteen days when I did that diet, and I was just like, okay, maybe maybe I shouldn't do this forever. That seems a little fast. Um, yeah, so that's that was like things like that, and it was really just like eating anything in sight. Like I just didn't, like I said earlier, like I didn't, uh, I didn't measure anything and I was just like hell bent on getting big. So I just crush everything I could food wise. But to be fair, like you said, your, your lips were going through the roof at this point. Oh yeah. I mean, even when I was 17 in like, so when I hit that squat, when I was 17 at 600, that was like a top 20, uh, raw squat in like a 225 pound weight class, like nationally, not just for like teens, not for anything that was like almost American record level at like 17, top 20 again. So 
you know, it's, it's whatever. I got like super fat and stuff, but it was so incredibly useful and practical for my long-term success to like get up to that level without a doubt. Yeah. Now what made you decide to top out at that point rather than to keep going? Cause obviously you, you probably could have kept going and, and you know, you could definitely keep gaining more weight. Yeah, exactly. Gain <laughs> yeah. 300 pounds and then, you know, maybe who knows, maybe you go up to a 700 pound squat, the numbers keep climbing, but you know, you, you decided to cut some weight after that. Uh, what made you decide to do that? Um, well, like it was really just like I did, I wanted to stop being winded after I was going up a flight of stairs. I was like, this is, this is kind of pathetic, you know, to like, there, there, there does get to be a point of diminishing returns for a uh, weight gain. Oh, hundred percent. And again, like that's, you know, I kind of felt it in my joints and stuff, just like walking around. Yeah. We're talking at, at 17 years old too. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, it was one of those things. Am I going to set the tone for my life? Like, like this right now, you know, like who, geez, you could have been a real strong 300 though. <laughs> I, I could have, you're right. I mean, yeah. Why'd you quit? Yeah. Very, very strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I was never going to stop like lifting or sure. whatever, but I don't know. Again, it was just like, I, I so, wanted to not like, like I said, I was getting winded after one flight of stairs, like really winded. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. No. And again, especially at, at 17 years old, that's, that's mm-hmm. not a great place now. So, but that's after two solid years of, of gaining weight, of getting stronger. Then you decided to, to cut down yeah. to a lighter weight. And so, over the course of we're saying like about a year and a half, right? You went from two sixty to one hundred and fifty five pounds. Is that right? Well, you lost yeah, over a hundred pounds. It's right? basically yeah, about a hundred, somewhere from like two fifty to lowest I stepped on for a meet. I the next so that that meet I did where I squatted six hundred was like May of two thousand ten, and then or May of two thousand nine, and then in December of two thousand ten, I stepped on at like one fifty seven point five. Yeah. So then. How did that affect your strength levels? Because we do have a list on people as well that, you know, they want to ride the, the, the permaball train and just keep gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight. But we talked about, you know, thinking long-term, this is going to be horrendous for your health. <laughs> right. So what ended up happening to, uh, you said you, the lightest you were is you stepped on the scale at a meet in December, uh, 2010 at 155. Uh, how did you perform, especially compared to that, uh, prior meet in, May 2009. Right. So, um, so I, yeah, stepped on the scale at 157.5 and at that meet I deadlifted 555, which was, you know, three and a half times body weight deadlift, which, you know, it's pretty serious no matter like what level you're at. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are worried about like losing all this strength and whatnot. And like, there is going to be some inevitable losses. Like there's no way that I'm going to be squatting 600 weighing 160 like that. Like no way. Um, but you know, you got to look at things like, you know, absolute strength and relative strength, like, you know, relatively for my body weight, ugh, you know, tremendous, tremendous success in like that cutting and stuff. And like, again, because I was like higher up, I don't know how much you guys like dig into like muscle memory and stuff. Like it's much easier to like go back to those heights, even if you do have like a pretty far fall off, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you're not scared of 405 anymore because you've done it for, you know, so many reps, you know, already. Right. Um, but you know, you got to think of things like, you know, when I was bigger, like I was very, I was very, very wide. And there's things like squats, for example, you know, that you don't really account for such as one, you know, you have like fat cushioning on the back of your knees that will like literally help you propel yourself up. So, you know, kind of like wraps or sleeves like that. That's a real effect. So like, you were cheating. <laughs> no, 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 it was not. Nice try. Though. <laughs> nice try. But, uh, you know, and then also too, right. So like, you know, when I made that weight cut, I went from like, you know, a 40 inch waist to like a 30 inch waist. So just like having like your base of support and like your core, like again, having that much wider of a waist is going to be a lot more supportive. Your, your you center of mass is going to be different with the bar on your back. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be a lot easier to like, you know, hold and manage those things. Yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. So you bottomed out at, at about 155 or 157 and a half. I think you said at that mm-hmm. meeting. Um, that was when you were 18. So you're 25 now. So over the past seven years how much has your weight shifted up and down since then since then like after that meet i bulked again i went back up to like 210 then back down to like 190 since then so yeah and then so that would have been that put me about like when i was like 21 or so i was kind of sitting around like 190 ish for a while and then like 2014 or so started 
doing like a whole bunch of bodyweight workouts. I got really, really super lean again. I got down to like 165, but I was like shredded at that point. When I hit like 157 in the past, I had didn't have like abs or anything. I was just a lot smaller, but like, you know, again, you talk about like all the muscle that I actually like put on and then was able to maintain when I cut back down, like felt great, looked great. Um, then past that, when I got to Chicago in 2015, um, another like big weight gain, I started working at Starbucks. So like every time I was in there, like I was just going for weight gain again. I try to slam as much whole milk as possible, you know, every time I was on shift. So, you know, almost going for a gallon of milk a day. Uh, air right. quotes, uh, they had free whole milk because he worked there. <laughs> right. Yeah, air quotes and free. Yeah, big emphasis yeah. there. Uh, um, but I went back over, like I went back to like, I think I hit 205 after that. And again, like cut back down to about 180. And then most recently since then in the last two years, got up to about back to about 200 back down to my sitting weights about like 190 192 right now. So this has always been kind of intentional your journey is like you know you've you've had goals and you've had to reach those goals and you you know set targets along the way to to make sure that you hit them, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now what about just kind of the general cutting and bulking thing, you know, was that is that something you would recommend? Cuz obviously, you know, we talked about before when when people come to us here, they're probably going to have to maybe gain a little bit weight, gain a little bit of weight from the onset because they're on this very aggressive novice program. They're going to put on some muscle that they never had before, but at some point they're going to get to a, an upper limit where they probably shouldn't gain any more weight. Right. And so we're going to cut back down, but then they're going to cut back down. They're going to get to a point to where they've sort of bottomed out where they, if they lose any more weight, they're just going to waste away the muscle. And then maybe it's time to bulk back up. What about just sort of that, that overarching cycle um, over the course of their training career, just over the course of their lives rather. Yeah, I think it's beneficial to to do like your your cuts and your bulks just because, uh, you know. Well, let's let's think about it just for like the novice, right? You know, when you're in here, you're definitely going through like a very long period of like I would put it as just like adaptation phase, right? So like you want to like allow your body to adapt that the stresses you're giving it. So when you're doing like heavy weights and stuff, you want to be eating to like promote your whole body being in like an anabolic state, right? Yeah, it's so, gonna be growing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when you do something like that and you like eat and train correctly for that state, again, it's kind of like a skill set or something. Your body doesn't like your body just again, adaptations, your body gets used to it. So you want to like allow your body just to get used to like putting on muscle, you know, which even in like a long term, let's say you like drop your calories a little bit and decide to like cut your body still knows how to like stay anabolic and like, you know, still make, you know, muscle gains with that. So Absolutely. It's just about like training your body to like put on muscle. You should definitely always go through some sort of period to bulk, even like, F, especially if you're just starting out your lifting program. So Steve talking about this, uh, gaining weight, losing weight, uh, kind of the, you know, different waves of weight gain and loss. Would you, what would you do with someone's training? You know, would you change it up? Would you have them do more cardio? How would that work? Uh, so especially for, well, for weight loss, I think this is a big problem a lot of people have is they want to like just dive in like head first and change literally everything they're doing. Sure. Which is, I don't think a good idea. I mean, especially if you want to maintain your strength and lose some weight, like it doesn't make sense to me to abandon the style that is like, you know, the training program that's been successful for you, you know, especially again, going on this like theme of like adaptations, you're adapted to like the training program that you've been on and you can take that with like big strength gains for a pretty good while, like even when you're you're cutting fat, so yeah. so, so you wouldn't you wouldn't beat somebody into the ground with a lot of cardio. Absolutely not. Um, no, because you can, like I said, you can still be in a point where you're gaining strength and like losing a little bit of body fat, like if you have your numbers right, if everything's square there. Now, for you know, long term, the way I always tell people about this is like, you know, always have, like I said earlier, you start with like baby steps. So like the first step would be like really tracking your protein, making sure that's dead on, and then from there. If you get that right, then maybe look at your carbs. From there, look at your fats. So treat it as like step by step by step by step by step because if you go in, like people come in and they say like, okay, I'm going to stop eating carbs. I'm going to take this fat burner. I'm going to start doing a bunch of cardio. I'm going to drink eight cups of coffee a day, like literally everything you can do. But then like all of those things you just said all contradict with each other. Like, no, I, I mean it like it, when you start working out more and you haven't worked out for a while, you get hungrier. So then you want to eat more. So then it's so all of a sudden I'm also going to cut my carbs. 
but then you needed them because you start you upped your you upped your activity level, and then you've got this caffeine, and it's all messing up the equation. And exactly what you're saying, Steve, just change one thing, right? Just change one thing at a time. Well, that's how you know was a you know a German teacher we had in high school would always say, you know, how do you eat a mile long candy bar like one bite at a time, right? So it's like how you should kind of treat everything is you know even in your your progression. You and go that was up. the person who showed you how to bulk, right? You ate right <laughs> <laughs> that mile long candy bar, and the rest was history. Hundred pounds um, right there. Yeah, for real. But but no, I mean when you try to just do everything at once, like again, your body's going to adapt to what you're giving it, and you're going to plateau super hard. So you know, always have something you can change up a little bit here and there if you do plateau. But theoretically, if you're doing all these things correctly, like you know, you can take like a a caloric deficit, you know, just like a slight one down like a really, really long time and have like a lot of success, you know, and then let's say they go like four weeks of like no changes past that. Then it'll be like, okay, maybe now like we start adding a little bit of cardio, but like, you know, still keeping the point of like, we're not like jacking the calories down. We're just like increasing your energy expenditure. So you're burning a little bit more like right. at that point. And then again, if that, like then when the cardio plateaus out, we'll kind of see where you're like, Wait, is that maybe then drop your carbs a little bit or something? But like, it's it really is always a step by step by step thing for long term success. Yeah, sure. So just kind of for the folks at home, um, what are kind of the main things that you have just about everybody that comes to you do? Well, I mean, as far as uh, their training exercise goes, what sure. lifts and th- that kind of thing do you have? Um, everybody, everybody that sees me does all of, like the classic lifts. So you know, like you know, squats, bench deadlift overhead presses um you know bench press like all like big standards dips chin-ups um and then past that i have them do you know if they do like cardio i make them do more like high intensity stuff in like body weight circuits but never anything that's i never have anybody i never tell them like okay go go run for an hour if they're doing that on their own i'm not going to change like what they like but you know when they actually see me like that's it you know right because a lot of people that like you know I'm not really working with anybody that's like a world-class athlete or anything. So if these people are doing like correct lifting programs, they're going to get huge benefits off doing novice programs. Right. So sure. Word. All right. So I know we have two coins in the recording studio, but I'd love to give my two cents about, uh, protein amounts at that school. Yeah. All right. Word. So, uh, yeah, obviously we stress protein and protein is really important, but I, you know, with all this stuff, you can always overdo all sorts of things. And, uh, this guy, Brad Pylon, he, you know, he has a blog and stuff, but he wrote this really great book about how much protein, because he used to work as a nutrition, in the nutrition industry, like selling protein supplements, just always kind of pushing these things to people. And yeah, of course, you see a big drop off of, of once you start getting more of it, it's just extra calories, right? So yeah, no one here is like endorsing you to go sit down and have like 300 grams a day. You know, I don't personally, the, you know. Um, even when I'm around 200 pounds and I'm trying to perform as well as possible in the gym, I only need like 130 grams. I know from tracking, it's going to be different for other people, but like, you know, I don't even think that the, um, personally the like gram per body weight is something that necessarily is something you have to subscribe to too. Uh, but still 130 grams doesn't happen on accident. Like I still have to really plan, prepare, set it up in advance and really think and be, make a conscious choice to make sure I hit it, which is a lot different than just kind of the average American diet that might only have 30, 40 grams in it because you're just eating a lot of pop tarts and stuff. Right. Um, so that being said, you know, it, when we're stressing this thing, I don't want people to think that they have to go out and necessarily kill a cow by hand, drag it home. And then that is like lunch, breakfast and dinner for the next day. Right. Which would be a hell of an experience though. Right. Yeah. It, w- <laughs> it would, of course, uh, uh, let us know how that goes in the comments. Uh, but it's still, you know, uh, it's still something you have to figure out, but just want to give some sort of ballpark ballpark. So you kind of see the kind of guardrails of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. Brian said, you know, a gram of, uh, you know, gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's like, that's always a really good place to start, but something that is, you know, but if you we, weigh 400 pounds, then yeah, you of can course see where that would go wrong. So then, yeah, then I would probably say like, let's, let's do a gram of protein per like lean mat per pound of lean mass that you have then that would right. be a place to start but uh you know brian was just saying like so what do you weigh right now uh like 190 right now okay and you just said you you know you've discovered like through tracking and through this stuff that like 130 is typically what works for you yeah if, right? I'm, if I'm trying to hit my lifts if i'm still trying to make gains and make progress that's have energy it, yeah. like all that sort of thing right so something that's benefited me you know i've done all these different diet styles is like you know this is why i advocate people to like really try these things out for themselves is like 
I've got so much experience in all these different types of diets. Like I know pretty damn well what like works for me at this point. And it's Word. from like experimenting and like trying it out. You know, like I've been able to figure out like exactly what I need for like whatever demands I'm like putting my body through. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I mean, I've been dealing with this kind of uh, back hip thing all all summer, which has been a real pain. And I was talking to a physical therapist and she was really nice, but she's like, you know, I have like four years of experience dealing with back trouble. And I was like, great. I have 31 years of experience with dealing with my human body. So like I, at some point, like we have to meet in the middle here and kind of defer. Cause like, cause at the end of the day, you are the own, your own expert over your own health. Right. And Steve outlined some really great things that he's found that works for everybody. Right. You know, tracking your protein, tracking everything you eat. He, he likes the five to six meals a day. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you know, there's some variations cause no two people are going to have it exactly lay, lay, uh, exactly locked in the same way. There's some great overarching principles, but you got to figure it out for yourself. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I know like me personally, like I do tremendously well with like relatively. So like, all right, for example, right now, as I'm trying to gain weight, I'm going 4,000 calories a day. I'm doing 600 grams of carbs, about like 260 grams of protein, which is like fairly high, but like for keeping my percentages where they're at, like way higher carbs, low fats. I'm only about like 80, 90 grams of fats on like my workout days. Like I've just figured out that seems to be what works best for me. And that's a lot, a lot of experimentation. And I think, uh, going back to what Brian said about, you know, protein per pound of body weight, all that kind of thing. Brian's kind of found a number that works for him. Um, if you talk to other people that are doing, you know, elite level powerlifters or, anything really athletes that are really trying to recover. They've kind of nailed it. Are you saying I'm not an elite level power lifter? (laughs) I'm saying you're an athlete, just not an elite athlete. Thanks. (laughs) So, so, but but, I would be, yeah, none of us would be doing this podcast if we all had gold medals around our necks. Hence the the title of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, But uh, at a point there, there's a performance there. So, you know, if 130 grams isn't okay, that's good. But for someone that's maybe an elite level athlete, they need, you know, a gram and a half per pound of body weight for performance issues. Word. But for like an average person just doing strength training, you know, when we ask people, hey, eat a pound and a half per pound of body weight, they kind of look at us with their eyes crossed and, you know, it's yeah. it's too much to start. You know what I mean? So finding a good level that you can still help you recover, get more calories in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To that point, right, like, like I said, Tom Platt's diet, like four, that's – that is one of the most like elite, you know, like highest level performing individuals ever, like on the squat. I mean, like, come on, like that's the guy who hit yeah. like over 600 for 15 at yeah. a couple of times. Carrying around 280 pounds of just pure muscle. Pure yeah. slabs of steel <laughs> on those legs. That's right. So like, uh, he was all natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's another point too is like, another thing as well. Yeah, you know, when people like me, like I didn't think, I did not really connect that like, okay, this is somebody, this is somebody's bulking diet who has been a professional bodybuilder for 20 years and has also taken anabolic steroids for 20 years. Like it's good to like, see what people like that are doing, but you need to scale it back. You need to see what like Tom Plotz did when he was at your stage, you know? I would even say, you know, for some of our clients and this is, you know, you can ask so many people about a novice that comes in and they're running a strength training program is they just, they think they're eating a lot. And you ask them like, what's a lot? And they're like, I eat like 2,200 calories a day. And so you're, you're like, okay, well that's not a lot, but it is to them. Mm-hmm. So just being like, Hey, eat 3000 calories a day, which I guess is a lot for like the average sedentary person maybe, but for somebody that's training, that's a normal amount. And to get people even not just protein aside, just saying eat 3000 calories just to put on some weight at the mm-hmm. beginning is even hard for people. Yeah, and the, and the reason for that and, and that we really push anybody that's new to this, any, any beginner, we, we specifically call them novice level uh, trainees, is you know they're lifting two to three times a week, doing putting more weight on the bar every single time than they've ever lifted before. So one, they've got to fuel very demanding full body workouts every single time they come to the gym, but then they also have to adapt and recover between those between those workouts and that requires not just the energy to do that but you've got your muscles are growing your bones are growing your tendons your ligaments are are getting denser growing as well and that's all fueled by your food by your calories we mentioned earlier the gomad protocol gallon and mocha day and that's 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 not a very common prescription we give to people that's usually saved for 
um, underweight young adult males. We're not going to have somebody who is uh, like a woman that's 50 years old and maybe a little overweight and just starting off. We're not going to tell her. To I think that's called negligence. Gun. Yes, that that would be called negligence. Yeah, that's that's negligence right there. That's that's uh that's uh that'd be bad. That'd yeah, be bad. Yeah, but but. The reason that we would tell somebody to do that, like, for example, you know, uh, Brian and Steve have, have done that when they were both younger. I, I did similar protocols as well. Spencer, yep, you've probably right. done something similar. Yep. And in addition to just stuffing your face is because at a certain point, you know, for someone, somebody that's in their late teens, early 20s, underweight, on a very aggressive lifting program, trying as hard as they can to make progress and get stronger, they're probably going to come to a point where they max out the number of calories that they can that they can actually chew, that they can really consume through whole uh, yeah. foods. I've had my face cramp up before. Absolutely, yeah. Your jaw just gets tired of it. <laughs> and, and eating, and that's the big. That's a big hurdle to get over when you're gaining weight. Is the eating becomes a job, it becomes a chore. You know, you don't stop just when you're starting to feel a little satisfied. It's just really Word. gotta push yeah. because you're pushing your body into into new places, new limits, which which ultimately will be good for you. But for the short period of time. You're doing everything you can in your power to, to grow and get stronger, not just for that next workout, but this is something that's going to have an effect for the rest of your life. So that's where we go. Okay. Maybe you've maxed out at 4,500 uh, 4, calories in solid foods. Say so you can't gain weight. You're stuck. So, all right, let's start slamming down some whole milk, get some extra calories in and keep the growth, keep the, the program going. And then even like, like you're saying, like you get to a point where you can't stuff food in your in your face anymore it becomes like you eat every three hours no matter if you're hungry or not kind of thing um but like the opposite of the spectrum from a novice is like even brian shaw there was that video that came out i don't know if you guys saw this where he was eating twelve thousand calories a day yeah, yeah. his, and, his uh, and netflix he, documentary is great yeah and yeah. he said uh he loves training he loves doing lifting weights all that he said i don't like eating because it's a job and he literally finishes a meal and then starts pre preparing the next one and not that it needs to be like that, but it is kind of uh, just as important. Right. Diet, just in general, is just as important as any kind of fitness that you're doing. Yeah, I think a lot of people like, you know, it's a mindset shift of like eating for enjoyment versus eating as fuel. You sure, know, like, yeah. You know, when people see me eat, like typically what I have is like generally fairly tasty, but like that's that's because I have like figured out how to cook tasty right. things for myself. You should talk to your brother about that. Cause he eats a lot of raw sweet potatoes and canned chicken can, without anything. Can on tuna. It. Well, yeah, it I mean, you know, maybe I don't know. I mean, like, does it work? Then maybe I don't need to tell him to change it up. Yeah, like, sometimes it does. And, and that's a big part of it too, is, you know, we can taste better is all I'm saying. It can't, exactly. That's, that's something we've, you know, we should maybe emphasize is yeah, this doesn't mean you're just because you're eating clean, Whole foods doesn't mean this has to be boring, you know. Sure, like learn, yeah, we got learn spices from all over the world, you know. Yes, we do. Well, Help one, yourself. One of, one of the beauties of a, of a globalized world, you know, you get all these different things. But yeah, just well, learn learn how to prepare it, make it. And again, like we talked about, there's some general principles that everybody has to follow. But how exactly that manifests, how you go about doing that, is going to vary from person to person. That's going to be whether it's your diet, whether it's your training program. There's going to be the details are are going to be different. Everybody eats differently. Everybody trains and lifts differently but if you if you look past you know if you see the the forest you know beyond the trees you'll see that there there's some principles everybody has to follow but sure. in terms of yeah, what you, yeah. you yeah. know like whether it's i don't know whether it's like chicken thighs or chicken breasts or whether it's like tuna or chicken you know that when it comes down to that all that really matters is you're getting in those lean proteins the meat you know you're getting in some sort of complex carb getting together either some kind of potatoes rice grains something like that maybe a little fats on top of it what exactly you're getting it through sure doesn't make too big of a difference yeah and like steve was saying it's uh it's about you know just eating for enjoyment but it's also just not eating mindlessly you got to eat mindfully right it's not just thing you got to think about in terms of fuel and how much you need and just make that kind of conscious decision right. one yeah. with your food um and also just like a point too is you know i i think meal prep for like so many people would like totally change their lives if they could like really, you know, get to it. So for me, you know, I only, I have six meals a day, seven days a week, and then like snacks on top of that. So that what, you know, that's 35, 32 meals. And then, you know, more on top of that. So I only spend about like max if like things are pricey food wise, I probably spend about 120 bucks a week on food and that's for 4,000 calories a day. Okay. So you know, it's all like in the prep and stuff too. Even if you're thinking like, I have to eat all this food, it's going to cost me so much money. Well, you know, for me, it breaks down to about 260 a meal. Okay. Word. 
Yeah. A uh, couple hacks on that note, because uh, I'm the cheapest person I've ever met. But mm-hmm. uh, also, in regards to GoMad, um, I've told Bill about this before. A lot of times people say they're lactose intolerant or, you know, whatever. Uh, I have invented uh, Joe Pad, which is jar of peanut butter a day. <laughs> and also, you know, pretty good. The macros are very similar. In fact, they have, it has more fiber. Well, real quick on that, one of my friends from Scotland, he got up to about 240 and uh, I asked him how he did it, and he said he would sit in, in bed with a jar of peanut butter and a glass of water. And he said at one point he wasn't even putting it on his tongue. He just kind of put it in his mouth and drank it back, almost like Slam a pill. Slam it back. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But anyway. Yeah, but peanut butter, very, very, very cheap. Also, um, you know, yeah, uh, you, you know, avoids a lot of allergies and stuff too. But um, yeah, also, you no, know. Um, nobody has peanut allergies. <laughs> well, I mean, it avoids, uh, yeah, avoids a lot of different kinds. I was That's why I stopped myself because I recognize it's also problematic. Hey, but um, yeah, what Steve was talking about with, with price stuff is, uh, you know, I, I care a lot about food quality and where your food comes from. And, you know, stressed food will kind of, I think, will make you stressed and stuff. So people always act like that's super expensive and it's really not. It's just a matter of meal prep. It's just a matter of thinking ahead and planning stuff. And it's, you know, I find it to be just as, you know, I, 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 I don't spend any more now on food than I did when I was eating garbage. Just uh, just a little more conscious of it and planning a little bit more. That and uh, real quick, Steve, have you ever had a hyphy burrito? I have had Can a hyphy you, uh, burrito. Explain what that is. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll get a part, a few parts of this wrong, but uh, if I remember correctly, um, so it's like the the like the value packs of you get a value pack of um, right chili cheese Fritos. Um, oh gosh, I remember these. Oh yeah, chili cheese Fritos. You get a um, another like value pack of um, like Cheetos puffs, right? And then maybe it's like ramen. Is ramen in there? Ramen's in there. Am I missing something? What else is? I believe there was honey in that. Oh, there was honey well. in it. Oh, well, you put the you put the honey on top, you, right? When yes. you're done with it. Oh, so what you do is you like. So what you, was like the total cost of this burrito? Mm, it was like five bucks for like two burritos. Okay. Okay. So then, uh, so what you do? This shout out Kali Muscle, and you, I mean, you talk about like he said this word is like you know literally his like prison, like meals, right? But again, talk about whatever it takes. This guy was just hell bent on getting his his calories in. The way you do the hyphy burrito is you empty out, like you get half of each one of those Fritos bags and the Cheetos puffs, and then you put like half of one and half of another into the other one, and you like literally like smash it on the table um, into like a very fine powder, and then you keep it in the bag, microwave it, and it turns into like a little like mush, and then when it's done, you just cut open the middle of the bag, pour honey on it, and go to town. So I, I remember Steve did eat one of these one time a couple of years ago when he was, he was living with me, and... Um, I remember him being very excited to try this experiment out, uh, cooked it up, consumed the entire thing, which all together is about how many calories? I think it was like 4,000. Oh, it had to be more than that. Uh, I, I want I for some reason in the back of my mind, I thought it was some five figure number. It could have, it could have been, dude. It was a lot though. I mean, but all, all I remember though is that, is that you, you did eat the whole thing. Didn't seem like too much of a problem to, to consume it. Um, and then I remember you being in this sort of, uh, Vegetative uh, coma for, yeah. a, for, yeah. for a few hours afterwards and yeah. uh it's five thousand calories it's five thousand roughly, <laughs> roughly. Which, which for one whole day is quite a bit for the average person let alone one meal but uh coming off of the hyphy burrito i remember uh, and if you haven't picked up on this uh S- steve and i not only share uh, a last name we also share parents if, if that wasn't clear uh being brothers and everything so when we were growing up in in texas obviously there's uh, everything's bigger, including the food and the portion sizes. Portion sizes, portion Texas sizes is like well. The America of America. <laughs> and I want to say that I want to say at one point, you know, our, our hometown Arlington, which is right between um, Dallas and Fort Worth, now home of the Cowboys and the Texas Rangers, uh, it was uh, known as the four the out highest, of five years in a row, fattest city in America. Fattest city in America, uh, more fast food restaurants per capita than any other city in America. I think in uh, the goes, world. Yeah. Awful. What other country would be better than at that than America? That's pretty, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For real, dude. There's not some like small Polish town with like a yeah, bunch so of no. camels around. Yeah, I heard. I, I guess. Yeah, the capital is Senegal. I heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like that. But uh, Mogadishu. Yeah, Mogadishu. <laughs> yeah, really all about it. But um, so there's there were there, there was uh, one one is a chain a lot of people maybe has heard of, which is called uh, Cold Stone Creamery. Um, and then there was this one location in the shopping center called the Arlington Highlands. And then on, on the other side of the street from it was this place called Freebirds, which is, which is a burrito chain in Texas. And um, free- all these places need to be paying for sponsorships right now. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free plug. Shout out. Yeah, shout, shout out. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Give, yeah, give us money. Uh, so 
Freebirds has a thing called the Monster Burrito, and the Monster Burrito. What do you, Steve? What do you think the diameter of the tortilla was? At least eighteen inches. At least, but I'd probably say it's the equivalent to three Chipotle burritos. So yeah, oh, at least, at least, and it was three and a half, maybe and it, four, and it yeah. was appropriately called the Monster Burrito. So and they remember they rolled two of the eighteen-inch bur- like tortillas with each other. So it was like. Oh, I really long. The thing was like yeah. probably like 14 inches long total. It was huge. Oh, at least it was it was an enormous burrito. Probably, probably more than that. But anyway, so so uh, Steve, myself, and and um, this good friend of ours, uh, Doctor David Eckelberger, had a uh, a food challenge where we would try to in one meal consume both a a loaded super monster, monster burrito. It was a super monster. The super the super monster burrito. That's right. And then um, Coldstone Creamy had this had this ungodly. Uh, thing called the cake shake, which is literally just a just a piece of cake blended into a milkshake. Or so we, yeah. so yeah, into into, into ice cream, um, and that was I think. Speaking of just like you know fattest places in America, um, I, I want to say there's there was an article which named. Um, the cake shake was like the, cake the shake worst thing you could get at a in America because it was something. I want to say that or the alone best. was that alone was maybe. <laughs> 3,000 calories. I think, yeah, at, at least like, like two a and a half. Like a medium or a sure. large was, oh, was yeah. at least 3,000 sure. calories. And so so we're looking at, you know, about a, a two to 3,000 calorie uh, milkshake, cake shake rather, um, and then probably about another three or 4,000 calories in the the super monster burrito. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that I, I have completed that challenge um, once um, and then immediately regretted it. Oh, yeah. Um, I do remember prolong. I had to prolong it because we did the cake shake um, and then we went into a movie theater, and I hadn't finished my Super Monster burrito, so I had to like hide half the burrito in my jacket, and then bring you snuck it, it in the front side. of your hoodie. That's right, right, like quarterback <laughs> patch. Uh, but that was—I mean—that had to be at least six to seven thousand calories by itself. But it's like, um, I mean, yeah, that's hilarious and all, but like, let's make a point here of like, you know, if you really want to gain weight, like that's that's a little bit of an extreme story, but a little, yeah, yeah a little, little bit, but just uh, a little bit, yeah, you know, just a, just a little bit outside the normal area. Oh, yeah. Yes, I mean. You really should sometimes, though, have, like, you know, the mindset of, like, I'm going to eat till it's uncomfortable sometimes. Oh, sure. Like, you know, not all the time like that. We're not talking about 6,000-calorie meals. But, no. uh, you know, I don't know. Me personally, when I'm doing, like, some big bulks, like, probably, like, you know, after my biggest, like, after my biggest, like, you know, deadlift workouts or something, the most demanding one where it's, like, a Friday and I'm going to go home and do nothing, like, I'll intentionally be, like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, two full slabs of ribs or something just to kind of, like – make sure I'm hitting everything. It's like one partial treat to myself. Like that's going to be the dirtiest thing I eat all week, but just to really make sure that I'm, I'm getting as much as I can in, you know, Spencer, you have any uh, bulking stories? I have one I can add if you need a minute. Yeah. So when I was, uh, this is kind of when I was first getting into lifting and, um, I was like 155 pounds, maybe play. I was playing club hockey at Michigan state. And, um, I remember eating like, just a massive portion of uh, pasta and had a glass of whole milk. And then I'm in college, so I'm like looking for something else to eat. And I look on the counter and there's like half of a nine by 13 confetti cake still sitting there that someone had cooked. So then I proceeded to sit down in front of the TV and finish half of a confetti cake after eating dinner. Um, I also used to put, um, you know, you can buy those big box of burgers from like Sam's Club or Costco. Yep. So I used to cook two of those, well, four. So cook four of those, double cheeseburger with a fried egg on top, smash those, then glass of whole milk to follow it up. I mean, just a lot of fat, but just a lot of oh, calories, sure. a lot of protein. You know, just trying to, as a 155 pound person, I was just trying to get bigger. Yeah. I, uh, in high school, uh, I played football in high school, so pretty much everything in my life has been pretty easy. But, uh, uh, so I played football in high school, and on Thursdays before the game, we would do film and we'd, we'd get pizzas from this pizza place in town. It was like Sicilian pizza place. And every week, we were always pushing the limits to see, like, who could eat more and, and who could eat more. And then, uh, gosh, my last year, uh, I really just was, like, determined to just really show everyone that, like, you know, that I was the goat of this pizza eating. And so I remember I ate like, I think I ate all, like a large and then another, another huge chunk of a large and I was feeling fine. And then I remember driving home and I honestly was like, I honestly like sincerely made a pledge with God that like, if you can let me get home, like, and before I die, like I promise I will never have that pizza again. And I remember, uh, I was in this other town in Illinois that, um, 
we were, people were hanging out, we were eating pizza and I had a slice and I was like, this tastes so good and so familiar. I can't figure it out. And it turns out the guy who runs the place in my town, his sister had a place in another sister town. It was the same pizza. And I was just like, oh no, I feel like I've broken this solemn vow I made. <laughs> it's the same thing. Which actually is an interesting story is that uh, she got busted in the 70s dealing cocaine through pizzas, like pizza deliveries, like just pizza boxes. Like, oh, not cocaine on the pizzas? No, just like using pizza boxes to like, oh, deliver them. Like, hey, here's your pizza. And it was just cocaine. And the reason she got busted was because the feds busted her brother in my town, but then he made a deal with the FBI to like rat out his own sister. <laughs> Isn't that absurd? Uh, so anyway. Uh, Anything to not go to jail. Exactly. I know that he used like a ton of red wine in his sauce. Like, I just remember... People who work there just pouring it in and stuff, but uh, I don't think there was anything else. Which, it's good for your yeah. heart. So yeah, yeah, no wonder you're slamming back a pizza and a half, dude. You're like drunk and coked out. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> like, like it makes it all makes sense now, dude. Yeah, man, I have a problem. I took this class. I, I signed up for this class in college where it was like something about I don't know why we, me and my friend, like we thought it might be a good class. It was something about like like the politics of food, and I really thought it was going to be about like food supply because it was cross listed, I think, with econ or something. So I was like, oh, cool, like. You know, pork okay. shares and, and trading, all that kind of stuff. And like, oh, the economics behind, you know, saying prices stuff. Turned out it'd be, it was like the most hippy-dippy, like anthropology class. And it was just everyone going around the first day was just telling like these stories about about food. And like, everyone had the same story. Everyone's story was just like, I, when I was studying abroad in South America, I was with this this village and eating was such an important thing. And we worked all day to make this meal. And then we sat down to these small bowls and just like really enjoyed it. It was like such a wonderful experience. And like it got to me, and I was just like, "I'm Brian." Uh, <laughs> I ate a lot of pizza once. Yeah, I, I did say I was like, I once ate, you know, uh, I once ate a full Texas sheet cake by myself, and then I went out and immediately dropped the class and took something else because I was like, I just this is the different. I am this is I can't handle this right now. Different, completely different mindset about it. But my, I, I still do this to this day every once in a while, but. When I was really trying to put on weight, I would, uh, like, after heavy squat workout, like Steve was kind of saying, kind of treat yourself. Well, I would go to uh, Little Caesars, if you don't know what that is. Shout oh, yeah. out. Shout yeah. out Detroit. Right. The $5 uh, hot and ready. The $5 hot and ready. ready it's about 2,200 calories. There's like 2,000 for a pizza. I would just go home, sit down with a pizza, a bottle of ranch, and just eat the whole thing. Yeah, dude, don't try at home, kids. Yeah, bulk responsibly if you're going to bulk. There's plenty of ways to do it. In but a great story nonetheless. Environment, yeah, environmentally, sure. socially conscious ways, uh, all yes. sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, Steve, so you uh, you train folks, right? What gym are you out of right now, or are you out of a bunch of different places? Um, I'm primarily out of FFC. Oh, nice. Yeah, Fitness what? Formula Clubs. Um, yeah, in East Lakeview. So Excellent. Give me a shout there for sure. Um, any other way we can uh, find you, look you up, uh, see what you're all about? Yeah, um, I mean, best one for sure is like, you know, Instagram. I always post a lot of my training videos and stuff. It's at Steven M. Coin, S-T-E-V-E-N-M-C-O-Y-N-E. Uh, lots of fun stuff. I always reply to DMs if you ever want to ask me questions or anything, you know. Excellent. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Average Strength Podcast. We'll be back and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.